Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. It's that time again. You've got to go to the toilet. There's an incredible pressure in your bladder and you need to get rid of it. Also, the Luke and Pete show is here. Hello, I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Mer. Sorry for uh, starting the show like this, Luke. I just got a bit excited and I remembered about my own bladder filling um, up. I've um, got used to the ways that you like to start various shows that I've been on with you. And so it doesn't even really register these days. Just mm. get on with it, mate. And to be fair to the listeners, I should probably, in the interest of transparency, tell them that you've tried to start the show about four times already, but I keep stopping you to go and do something. So I'm now finally well, back in the city. I've got everything <laughs> I need. Um, so it's partly on me. Well, I mean, the first time um, you were being electrocuted by something, second time you didn't have your bottle of water. Yeah. What's going on in the Moore household? What, what do, how did you get electrocuted? <laughs> Why is there a constant threat the of electrocution? two things could be related, could they? Water and electricity. <laughs> um, let me just take the lid off my, uh, my Nalgene and I'll Nalgene. tell you. Hang on a sec. Two... <laughs> there we go. All done. Um, you sounded like you t- Did you mute your uh, microphone yeah. so I didn't have to listen to it? That's yeah. hilarious. Well, that's, fr- that's friendship, off, isn't it? That's friendship. I thought you'd gone off. Uh, I thought you'd gone off the line. I thought he's not only taking the lid off his Nalgene, he's taking the lid off the fucking show. Nah, no, no, no. Just took the lid off the <laughs> Nalgene, but I muted my mic because I know how upset you and apparently the listeners get. Although I've never heard a listener complain about it. As long as I've got a warning, I don't mind the Nalgene. As long as I get a warning, but so, it's just unnecessary. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so the electricity situation. Basically, um, I bought an old. Um, wire apple. No, <laughs> I bought an, an old, old wire, an old haunted house. And yeah, I, I okay. bought an old Apple um, MacBook kind of monitor. I suppose you call it. Uh, is it a MacBook monitor? It's probably just an Apple monitor, really. Um, right. My good friend. They're expensive. I know. Well, this is the thing. So I, I looked into buying a proper new one. They're about five grand. No exaggeration. Mm. They're literally five thousand yeah. pounds. I thought yeah, I don't, I don't really want can. that badly, but I do want one. 
Anyway, my good friend and all-round legend, John Rust, a.k.a. NTS Radio's John Rust, a.k.a. worldwide touring DJ, John Rust. Mm. Shout out John Rust, as he would say. Yeah. Um, he had one for sale. And he said, it's a bit old, but you're welcome to take it off my hands if you want and just give me like 50 quid or something for it. And I was like, okay, brilliant. So I met him at Sydenham Station. Um, and because he's like a proper trendy dude, uh, he was standing outside of Sydenham Station on his own. He just got the world's most shiftiest bloke with a MacBook uh, monitor in a fucking plastic bag. Uh, I pulled over. I gave him the, gave him the readies. Give him the merchandise. I gave, gave, him a, uh, gave him a big hug to say, nice to see you. This is pre-COVID, so don't mm. add me. Uh, okay. and, and so I set up the, the, the monitor. Now, it works absolutely fine. It's got a load, but the problem is, Pete, it's got a load of, because <laughs> Apple changed their connection things every five minutes, it's got mm-hmm. about 14 different connecting extensions before it actually works with my current MacBook. So, right. But what happens is if I unplug it from um, the MacBook to go in like, um, you know, to do something else or to take my laptop somewhere else and touch some of the connectors, ooh, I get a bit of a shock. A little, yeah. It's a not inconsequential amount of voltage going across those because, I mean, it is, uh, you know, it's video. There's a lot of information getting put across. Should I be using it or not? A lot of energy. I mean, it depends on how old the um, the, the, the monitor is. I mean, you could have just bought any monitor. I mean, <laughs> the, oh, yeah, the, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, you didn't have to go for a specific Mac uh, monitor. I'd love to see it, though. I'm annoyed that you've not taken a picture of it in in, in the past for me. I, I mean, I will, I, will send, I will send you a picture later on, and I'll share it for, would, for, yeah. for those of us <laughs> listening who are so bored that they would actually mm. look at that photo. But to put it in <laughs> How old is it? I'll let you be the judge of that when I tell you that when I moved to the back of the house to work a few weeks ago when it was unbearably hot in the spare room, it mm. was so heavy that mm. um, it took me a lot longer than I expected to uh, to get it to the back room. And when I took it off Johnny Rust, um, the plastic bag was almost breaking it broken in two. So it's a very old, very heavy monitor. There's a sticker mm. on the back of it that says it's been inspected electrically uh, uh, in 2014. So, right, so it's been in somewhere in a professional office um, kind of environment where someone comes around and checks your uh, no checks your odds and sods. <laughs> sounds sounds like he has lifted it. <laughs> no by the sounds of it, dodgy old, <laughs> yeah. old Johnny Rusty Rockets. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, what we're talking, uh, what what connectors we're we talking? DVI, HDMI, all of it, mate. All basically, any co- any connector you can think of mm. is involved. It's even got a Cinema HD display, ninety watt power adapter box that I've got to use as well. <laughs> well look cinema displays, they are they are very very good but it sounds like you've got a, a rather ancient one uh hilariously there was a i think a thousand pound um when they released the new um um the brand new um, mac pro the, the the ones that look like a big computer tower yeah. um the cheese grater i think people call it it's 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 a lovely bit of kit. Very modular, very interesting, very upgradable, but uh, super expensive. The sort of computer you think the only person who can afford this is Kanye West. Yeah, uh, and even he was caught um, pirating um, plugins yeah. for his VST plugins for his uh, whatever he does. Ableton Pro. I don't know how he makes his music, but um, uh, yeah, they hilariously made a, um, a stand, just a bit, just a stand, just a visa mount for for the back of the um, monitor yeah. um, to, to to stand it up. A thousand pounds, and so that was that was kind of like hilariously kind of the mark of why it's a ridiculous product because the yeah. stand for the monitor, not the monitor itself was a thousand pounds. What about, what about how, how good is the processing power? 
Not off the stand. What, on a a stand? (laughs) No, of the actual, of the brand new cheese grater um, apple. Oh, it's through the roof. It's through the roof, Luke. But, could but you get as, better processing as, power elsewhere from a PC solution? Yes, yes, you could. And you could get it about five grand cheaper because that's just the way. But you'd have to build it yourself or get someone to build it. And, and it's, you know, you wouldn't have the Mac ecosystem and you wouldn't have all of the things that you were used to using a Mac. It's, it's for people who use high productivity Macs. And actually, I was talking about this this week, about the whole um, working from home, the WFH revolution that's going to be happening uh, in in this country and pretty much everywhere in the world. Um, People are really excited about the possibilities of, you know, tucking your kids into bed and all that stuff. My problem with it is, is that the infrastructure in this country... So again, I'm gonna make. Look, if I need some kids to talk, can't in, just go around talking in need, random kids. I told you. I, I just, I need my commute. I need a reason to get out of the house um, because I have no other reason. But um, I was just sort of saying, like recently, I was having a spiritual argument with my partner, and and she was sort of saying that, that it's um that it's 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 great that we can all work from home and stuff. I was saying. It will be great for some people, but if you're in like a data entry job or like a rubbish job where you are just, you know, typing in, type, 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 typing in data, um, your, your company is instantly going to have those snooping softwares, uh, that find out how much work you're doing or whether you're on Facebook or whether you're on Twitter or whether you're just on Reddit or whatever all day. And so your life is going to get worse. Um, all of these companies are going to spend all of their time, um, you know, spend all of their money um, outside of um, the electro- electricity and the water and the gas and the rentals of, of the of the offices that they've got in central London or central Manchester or central wherever. Um, and they're not going to pass on those savings to you. They're, you're going to be converting part of your house uh, into an office. You're going to be working from from home, so that that money should be passed on to you. It clearly won't be. And um, and if you work in productivity, if you work in like um, video or, or or images. Or, or like us even, sound. Um, producer Katie, who we spoke at length about um, to her chagrin uh, last week on the show, um, she couldn't work from home uh, a, few, a few times because the internet was just under so much, was getting battered by a housemate. So I don't think we have the infrastructure or the business leaders um, to um, make this a successful transition, personally. I well, think I, there's I, going to be a lot of kickback. I, th- I think that... Um... Touching on Katie then, and some of the some of the people that worked last year are perhaps a bit younger. I remember the thing that I always end up thinking about is that <clears throat> when I when I first moved to London and first started working, I first job I had was at Capital Radio, which is now whatever it is, Global, and it was a wicked place. Like I came from a small town, uh, doing not much really, and moved to London, found a job, and it was really the making of me, but not just because I was able to get a job, but because of the social activity around it, because you spent so much time with young, interesting, new people, and there were social clubs, and there were things to do, and there was lots of perks that maybe even a bit intangible when it comes to, to you know, working life. And if if people are now going to just sit at home working in their pants all day, every day and get no real social interaction, a lot of the stuff you said there, I agree with some of it. I don't necessarily agree with, but one thing I will make absolutely clear is that a huge part of being successful in your career is being able to interact with people socially. It's how you interact with other people. And if you go into a very impressionable age, just at a university, 21, 22, all the way through your 20s, you really start to hone and develop who you are as a human being. And if you're not getting any proper social interaction with new people, all you do is sit at home on the internet or you hang out with the mates that you've already known from the past, 
I think that's really sad. And I'm, I'm only speaking on behalf of my own experience. I'm sure other people are far more adept at it than I am. But I found that a really, really important part of why I loved living in London. And it would be really sad if if we don't get that um, anytime soon because of what's happened. So there's a lot of other intangible problems with this situation that perhaps haven't been thought about. Mm, yeah, and I think some people might say, look, if, if your friendship group is just your work uh, colleagues, then you've probably got <laughs> bigger, bigger problems. But I completely agree. I wouldn't be. I, 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 most of my um, most of my friendship groups uh, have have come from work. Well, yeah, Certainly, and, most and, of my and, partners and, 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 have. <laughs> that, I, I understand that point, but like ultimately, that's that's kind of. And I know some people do say that. I'm not having a go at you for saying it because you're right. People will say that. But my response to that will be, look, I'm not some. You know, how I didn't know anyone when I moved to London. I moved to London with three mm. friends. I knew no one else, yeah. right? All three of those people now no longer live in London. So the only way I was able to make um, friends and to, and to kind of develop myself and to, and to pick up, you know, different uh, – me, to be perfectly honest, meeting people from different backgrounds, like different experiences, mm. like people from different countries, different parts of the world. You know, you only re- – your first – access to that is either through some kind of football team or sports team or social um kind of group or it's work and most people spend sad as it sounds eight hours plus a day at work and and Mm. so that's where they're going to get a lot of their interactions from and the the social aspect of of life in a place like london and i'm sure it's the same in manchester and birmingham in sydney in new york city in moscow wherever it may be if that's lost long term i think that's personally i think that's really sad Mm. I mean, but again, I'm coming at it from 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 the business point of view. I just don't. I just think said, we're being said asked Pete to. Said never. That's the first time you've <laughs> ever said that, guys. I'm coming at this from a business. Coming point at of this view. from a business point of view, like we're being asked <laughs> to turn our to turn our uh, to turn our uh, houses, our homes into offices, and, and, and you know, it w- maybe you've got a one bedroom house and you've got a family or or a partner, and, and you're both asked to to turn part of your house into an office. And it's like, well, there should be some kind of like dividend that you get out of your company for doing that because they're saving all this money on on real estate and you know, and and and, and central London uh, offices and stuff like that i think there should be some kind of uh we should be able to live and work where we want uh, but but i think um, there should be some financial recompense all i'm saying is that some of my fondest memories after i first moved to london in my early 20s are Mm. um cancelling agreed social events due to crippling social anxiety and if some other people don't get that i will be very sad that they can't also experience that uh you know just the hours i spent thinking of excuses to not do something that's all going to be lost Oh look! And nowadays, look, all the nightclubs are closed. All of the bars that are late night are closed. What? What? Where do you go to make stupid mistakes that you'll regret for the rest of your life? Hey, could you? Could where you, could, do you do that? Never mind converting part of your flat and or home into uh, an office. Could you convert one of the rooms into a nightclub? Uh, into an illegal rave, possibly. <laughs> well, well, that's that. People. Are, are you <laughs> got, have you got? Are you going to explain what you got up to over the weekend? Oh, what did I get up to at the weekend? Organising a 500-strong rave in Thetford Forest. <laughs> I've seen some Look, of the pictures. Thetford is a beautiful place to have a, 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 an intimate get-together. And I, if I want to bring a sound system in the back of a lorry, <laughs> I am allowed to do that. It's, what's it going to do? Scare a couple of squirrels? Well, I'm sure the squirrels enjoy the music, the uh, breakbeat uh, sounds that I love breakbeat. so much. Breakbeat. <laughs> The breakbeat sounds of Pete Smashing out the breakbeat. So for those who haven't seen yeah. this story, uh, five people were arrested and fined in connection with a rave in Thetford Forest. It was attended by apparently 
more than 500 people. Now, I don't think Thetford Forest is that well populated. So I'm fairly certain if the police were doing their job properly, if they were detecting properly, they would be able to see this happening before it actually happened. Um, yeah, and, and and also and also just kind of like you know, all right, you, you know you're going to need enough drugs to get through to the next day because you talk about the there's police, no taxis. <laughs> there's no there's no taxis. Imagine how miserable that is. You get to about two o'clock in the morning, you're like, I want to go home now. It's like you can't. You're in Thetford Forest and you can't drive because you're off your head. Yeah, I I, um, I remember being a teenager and, and being dragged along to parties miles away from my house. And I do mean literally miles away. I mean, I remember, yeah, being, yeah, yeah. I remember being dragged to a party. I lived in Gosport at the time, or Leon Solent. And I remember, and that's on the south coast, about eight miles west of Portsmouth. And I remember being dragged to, literally being dragged to house parties in Bournemouth. Right, Whoa. that's a that's a, an absolute mission away. It's hours mm. away, right? And yeah. then getting to it as you exactly as you said there, getting to like one or two in the morning. Going, I don't know if I'm into this to be honest. But what am I going to do? The first train's at like six thirty. So what yeah. am I going to do? Yeah, and, and sometimes you'd be really into it, and sometimes you just wouldn't. And I don't think, mind you, having said that, if you're a teenager, I think a large part of your growing up, as we've just said about social interaction, should be, you know, having to. Go through there. these kind of experiences, um, but apparently a um, a large flatbed lorry, Pete, as you've alluded to, there was um, was seized according to, according to police. With uh, it had a generator on it, a load of audio equipment, um, all sorts of stuff. I actually was very um, impressed by the resourcefulness of the people that organised this. Now, obviously, I'd like to have seen them clean up after themselves and make sure that they left the forest as they found it. But I mean, mm. is it really the worst thing in the world other than the COVID thing, which is obvious, but I, I know that the, the uh, legislation has been in place since Friday to stop these things happening due to COVID. So I get that, but put it to one side, there's been legislation in place for a long time, like the criminal justice act and all that type of stuff to stop young people having a good time. I, I just find that it, the, the essence of that is a little bit mean spirited, isn't it? It is a bit mean spirited. I, I guess they have to be seen to to, to be doing something. But I, I, but I also think, what is the difference? I I I just cannot tell. You walk through the middle of um, London uh, on on a Friday or a Saturday night, and it's wall to wall people, and they're not clearing those out because the people are spending money. Um, but in an illegal rave in the middle of the forest, no one's really spending money. No one's supporting the economy. No one's drinking out to help out on a Saturday night uh, in Thetford Forest. So. If I was going to be cynical about it, I would say there's a little bit of that as well. I think for the same reason why we're being quite prohibitive about the places we're allowed to go uh, at the moment without uh, quarantining. Um, and if I was going to be a conspiracy theorist maniac, I would sort of say maybe that's got something to do with the fact that uh, the the government doesn't have anything, doesn't make any money out of people spending money in France or Spain. Should we do? Should we do? Have... Um, should we do like a proper bit of like tin four hat merch? Yes, I, people I can put it on when think, they think... when they listen. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You can talk about how much money Rolls Royce are making out of out of uh, the 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 the, the, air, the airplanes and stuff. Um, not being in the sky and 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 the money that the government are having to kind of bail um uh, you know airplane companies out. But um, airplane but I just think airplane companies. But I do think that there's a certain bit of me that sort of thinks they'd rather spend a bit of money in Pret-a-Manger. <laughs> How, much, how, how would you go about organising a, a rave for 500 people in a forest? What would be the first thing you'd do? Fireworks. Just fireworks. Um, fire, flares, fireworks, 
the three Fs, flares, fireworks, and fucking great speakers. <laughs> and Fetford Forest. I, that's, that's me for that. And Fetford Forest. Wait, can I, can I also just say, I, mean, I don't want to have a go at the police who obviously do a really difficult job at the best the of The police. And, yeah, and there's some, and there obviously are uh, some, some amazing police officers. And they do a really diff- difficult and important job. But I, I do want to point the following out, though. A hundred officers <laughs> were deployed to break up the, the event at 11.20 p.m. on Saturday night, yeah? Mm. It took them till six thirty PM on Sunday to officially shut it down. Right? Right. What, what have they been it, doing for st- nineteen hours? <laughs> Same thing they do every carnival weekend. Have a little dance with their hats off. Yeah. Um with the locals. Someone takes a picture. It's all right, I'm They're pregnant. having a I'm <laughs> they're having a little dance like they do every uh, every weekend um at uh, carnival yeah probably a bit of that to me i was just getting a bit involved then they're going right lads and lasses you've had your fun we've got to break this up let's go <laughs> yeah yeah i i, I also ten thousand pound fine would that go straight into the to the economy pete I, well i mean would they pay it though i mean you can sell on the the the, the break beat um speakers break beat stop saying break beat why do you keep saying that i've never heard you say that before <laughs> I don't know. It's been a, it's been a long day already. It's only three. It's only half three. Thank oh, shall well. we uh, hit an ad break and get back with some emails? Yeah, go for it. Probably something we should be doing. All right. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Football's back and we are here to laugh about it. Hellenius in the League Cup, he was trying to like defend with his hands and he yanked his yeah. shorts down. Straight off. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Hellenius got the shot away, which I thought was very professional. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it's players losing their pants or managers losing their shit. And I thought about that when <laughs> when you could just hear Moy shouting at Pablo Fornell. And then he just loses all, yeah. all sense of himself at the end when, he, when Fornell blazes it over. And he's like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> that was the noise. Yeah. <laughs> the Football Rambler here every day with new episodes covering the lighter side of football. I walked past a trophy shop at the weekend that said we're only allowing one person in at a time. Nobody wants any fucking trophies, mate. <laughs> Don't worry, but no one there's nothing happening. Also, it's a cheat. Null and void. Your five-a-side league is null and void. Piss off. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He went through, and all you hear is, Shoot, Pablo! Yeah. Shoot! Yeah. Yeah. Finish! Finish! Oh, finish. Oh. <laughs> Pablo! This was a Stakhanov production. And we're back. We're back with the emails, what you have sent. And once again, you have uh, you've embarrassed, not embarrassed us, uh, you've flattered us. <laughs> Thank you very much for getting in touch, everyone, um, on the email. Hello at LukeandPeteShort.com. Do keep them coming in, though. I can see us running out, running out uh, at a rate of knots, so uh, we do need your uh, correspondence post-haste. Can I, can I ask a question that is possibly going to get me in trouble with all of our listeners? And Pete, mm. it's a terrifying situation to be in because you are currently the thin blue line between me and the wrath of our listeners, okay? And okay. your memory isn't great at the best of times, but I am sure I trailed an email from J.W. Muller last week, but I can't actually remember if I've read it or not. I don't think I did, That did sounds I? like, yeah, I think you did, actually. That's, that's a really good shout. I think you definitely did. So your memory is, once again, top class. No, but did I read it or not? Is the question. You didn't read it, no. no oh, okay, no. great. Okay, you, well, you in which case I will read it now then. I'm going to have to read it now. Because yeah. um, okay. we talked a little bit about someone leaving um, dairy products around someone's car, didn't we? And I said, oh, I've got an email here from J.W. Miller, and you thought that I was taking the piss. Remember? <laughs> I did. Because of Miller It Rice. just sounds like the bloke who jumped out that plane. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's D.B. Cooper, isn't it? D.B. Cooper, yeah. yeah. Anyway, look, for those of you who've listened last week, if I did indeed read this email out, I don't think I did. But if I did, just it's a great email. Enjoy it again for the second time. It's almost like when um, a drum bass DJ does a rewind. Here we go. Breakbeat. Uh, breakbeat DJ does a breakbeat rewind. Here we go. Uh, hello, Luke and Pete. Love the show. Uh, as a huge fan of the movies Alien and Aliens, I felt the need to defend the levels of technology used by the colonial marines as the brave colonists of LV-426. Okay? This is a callback to an episode a couple of weeks ago where you and I um, took the piss a little bit, be out of um, the technology that an 80s movie thought existed like miles yeah. in the future, right? You remember that? No wireless. Well, exactly. Well, J.W. Muller goes on to say, which, by the way, 
His name makes him sound like he is some kind of futurist. Uh, he says, um, the idea that people responsible for the move in the 80s made poor guesses at what the future would be like is the exact opposite take that I and several friends have on the movie. Several friends showing off. Instead of guessing that in the future things would be fantastical from a modern perspective and everyone would have laser guns and jetpacks, they took a very pragmatic approach to what heavy-duty military and exploration technology would look like. I actually really like this take. It's a really good angle. He goes on to say, all the technology in Aliens is built to be as rugged and tough as possible. Not only is this practical, but it's true to life. From a practical standpoint, if you're exploring a new hostile environment on a frontier planet, you're not going to show up with fancy touchscreen devices and wireless networks. The atmosphere of planet LV-426 is full of debris that wouldn't be conducive to getting a good Wi-Fi signal. Right. Not to mention the possibility of landing on a planet where the normal radiation could degrade and interfere with the standard frequencies used by your Wi-Fi technology. I understand it is happening in the future, but is it so strange that frontiers men and women wouldn't bring a wireless network to a future planet when we live in a world currently where a brick wall can destroy your Internet connection when you're trying to check Twitter from the bathroom? Beyond that, from a military and industrial standpoint, technology of big, expensive machines and equipment often lags years or decades behind consumer technology. The modern fighter jets in most militaries originally began development in the late 60s. The SR-71 began development in the late 50s. The Colt 1911 handgun was first developed in, yes, 1911 and is still in service nearly unchanged today. The AK-47 was designed in 1948 and even Boeing 747s in commercial fleets still take software updates from three and a half inch floppy disks. There are no touch screens <laughs> on a forklift. The point being that what it's doing, the technology is perfect. It's designed to yes. be as indestructible as possible, not shiny and flash, mm. um, like a cons- not not shiny and flash to attract consumers' eyes, like a new smartphone that has to be replaced as soon as you drop it on the floor. And finally, in Aliens, there's no instantaneous warp travel or teleporters to beam people down to the surface. To go long distances, the crew has to go into hibernation while the ship runs on autopilot for months or even years. If you're going to trust your fate to being awoken by your ship after years of sleep, you're going to want to make sure it's built to endure more than just having all the fancy bells and whistles. An old proven technology is going to be more uh, used more than new finicky devices. If my life depends on it, I'm going to trust a monochrome CRT display before I tie my fate to a Bluetooth. <laughs> what do you got to say about listen, that, Pete? I'm just saying that modern tractors, which you would probably say were consumer, uh, but in reality, they're probably used a lot by government um, agencies. Why are um, tractors, you can't fix them anymore. Uh, you'd have to be fixed by whoever made them. They're, they're, they're kind of locked out. They're software locked out. Mm. You've got to have someone who hacks into the mainframe on your tractor. Yeah. It's a tractor for crying out loud. So I think that sort of obsolescence is kind of creeping in uh, to, 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 to business machinery to big business machinery. Yeah, similar to my car, though. I remember um, I took my car in for a service last. The guy just plugged a laptop into it. Yeah, just did diagnostics. Back in the day, I would pop the hood and not know what I was looking at. Now I can't even pop the hood. <laughs> I checked some oil in a, in a car recently. What do you think of J.W. Muller's take on this, though, Pete? Are you, are you a man who's more than au fait? with uh, modern technology. How, how do you think, how do you feel about it? I completely agree, but we've talked about this before, like, you know, space shuttles and stuff, all of these, all of these machines were built. So, and as soon as you start building one, you've got to begin work on a, a machine that's not going to pay for another 20 years. 
these things take a long time yeah. and they've got to be tested and tested and tested. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but if I have, I'm going to mention it again because it's something that I genuinely thought of originally and you don't really get many of those things in my life. So um, I was thinking that if you took a, um, a space a space shuttle, right, and you said, okay, um, you're going to sell or fly whatever it is, the space shuttle, to um, to somewhere which is it's going to take you 100 years to get there, right? So you, you develop the technology, you take off, and you go, and 100 years later, you're going to get there. What happens if in 30 years' time, they develop some technology that's so much faster and so much better that it can get there in 10 years, and it just overtakes the people who are already on their way? Well, you'd be annoyed, wouldn't you? Bloody annoyed. It's almost like a paradox, <laughs> though, because you need to develop the first bit of technology to get to the second bit. Yeah, stand on the shoulder of giants, isn't it? But I, I would say that's why I don't trust the Teslas and, and the and the Richard Bransons of this world to get us to space because they, they're all about the new and the shiny and the and the oh look at the car looks a bit different to the old car. I've put a, a chip in a pig's brain. <laughs> what would the pig then do? I don't know. Ask to ask um, what his name is. Um, J.W. Miller. Tesla. Oh, well, no. Elon Musk. <laughs> ask Elon Musk. He's put a he's put a chip in a pig. And and I read the I read the headline of that, but I didn't read the article. What's the what's the basis of this? Why is he doing this? Uh, he's making a sex doll for the ex prime minister. Of Britain. <laughs> Speaking of uh, why are you doing this, <laughs> you his wife pig. says that to him a lot. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I mean, she is Chiverches. So I mean, um, she is it Chiverches? No, no, no she's, she's uh, she. it's Grimes, isn't it? He's married to Grimes. Good Grimes. Yeah, just Grimes. Grimes. Yeah. Anyway, Pete, have you got an email? I got an email. Hello to Shriram. Uh, greetings, Mrs. Luke and Pete. I've been meaning to write in regarding this for a while, but life has been getting in the way. <laughs> welcome, our, welcome to our world. Yeah. A few weeks ago, there was a discussion on the podcast regarding the difference in length of uh, TV shows in the UK and the US, with the general consensus being that the US shows have a ridiculous number of ep- episodes per season. Well, welcome to India, my friends. I wish I was in India right now. <laughs> It'd be blooming warm and nice, I yeah. reckon. Mm. Uh, in India, the shows run daily, not weekly, plus there are no concepts of seasons or series over here. This leads to shows having mind-boggling numbers of episodes, routinely running into the thousands. A, f- a quick Wikipedia search informs me that the five longest current, uh, currently running soap operas have Whoa, uh, over 3,000, 2,000, 2,000, 2,000, and 2,000 episodes each. I think you can guess at the quality of writing and production from the aforementioned stupendous numbers. Keep the good work and keep out, keep pumping out those pods, Shriram. We're very much like the, uh, the Indian, um, 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 shop uh, shows aren't they we're, yeah. we're a little bit like I mean, uh, the, I mean, the, the old soap operas but we have that we have like eastenders and neighbors and all those ones don't we well, i was gonna say that i mean you can name check in mm. and talk a bit about how many episodes so and so has all you like but do you want to know how many episodes coronation street's been through um i think it'll be four thousand ten thousand one hundred and seven whoa that's holy moly it first aired on that's the 9th incredible. of december 1960 it's been going for 60 years in the same way that a lot of old television, they used to just get rid of the masters and, and we'd never hear of them again. I fear that those numbers aren't even right. I bet they just lost a couple along the way. Well, do you remember when EastEnders went for that big crisis because of the advent of HD TV and then they, were, they basically had to spend a load of money updating all their sets? Oh, what? Because everything looked a bit shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And, um, one thing about this interesting about Coronation Street, which first, and, and, and I'd be interested if any listeners have got a take on this. When I lived in New Zealand, I used to play for a football team and and as much as I was saying earlier, but all my social life really revolved around that football team and we'd go out for drinks and all the rest of it. And um, one of the guys I played with, his girlfriend said that 
when she heard me speak, it really reminded her of Coronation Street. And I was thinking, oh, right. But how can it? Because Coronation Street's set in Manchester. And I don't speak anything like her from yeah. Manchester, but, but, but to her, it sounded the same. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Just general English man. Yeah. I wonder if, <laughs> but, I wonder if people from other countries can actually detect local accent. Because I can definitely tell the difference between my wife's accent and my sister-in-law's accent, uh, who is from mm. uh, Alabama. They sound completely different. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, speaking of like long running uh, TV shows, isn't it like, don't they Mexican um, telenovelas, don't they have, um, they don't actually ever learn their lines. They just have earpieces in and they just get fed oh, the lines. Oh, that's wicked. That's awesome. How cool is that? Yeah, that's what happened. Have you heard the story about, um, it's a film, I, I think it was The Ghost in the Darkness. Have you heard that? Heard of that movie? Mm, is it, is it, what's his name? Um uh, a few people have had this. It was, wasn't Johnny Depp accused of that in his Amber Heard um, uh, case. Oh, right. I'm not sure. Oh, no, do you know what it was? Mm. It wasn't The Ghost in the Darkness. It was The Island of Dr. Moreau, right? Same year, mm. different movie. The Island of Dr. Moreau is uh, it's based on an H.G. Wells novel, I think. And it's um, it's about – it's about I haven't actually seen it for, for years, but I'm fairly certain it's about this scientist who tries to – That's um, the animals. Yeah, hybrid animals with human beings mm. and stuff, right? And it's got, um, it's got um, Marlon Brando in it, right? Yeah. So Marlon Brando's in it. And it's, it's the mid-'90s, so Marlon Brando's long since given up the ghost by this point. He doesn't give a shit, right? And uh, he's like, everything, every, anyone ever, anything, anything anyone ever asks of him, he's like, fuck you, I'm Marlon Brando. I'll just do what I want. Mm. He signs on to this. Play. He signs on to this movie, and the story goes that he turns up to the set, and he's not read a single word of the script and has no idea what it's about. But he's all. <laughs> but he's on all. He's been like. He's been slated as being in the shit in the movie, and it's all part of the press and yeah. it's not that. And so what they actually end up doing is giving him an earpiece and just giving him the lines to read. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, I don't care how good your um, shielding is um, on your earpiece. You're going to be a hear that eventually. <laughs> yeah, mind you, it turned a profit. To be fair, so I yeah, mean, I, well, I just I, part of me just it's just a bit sad that that is that is like um, the, how the mighty have fallen. You know, no, look, if you've got that pull and power, just do it. You can just get more films done that way. Why bother learning your lines? Fuck it. Just you know what? I'll go in the scene. You just move my lips in post. Mm. You just do a do a deep fake <laughs> yeah. on on my face and It'll just, just make, my, make my mouth move around. Actors won't even need to be there at all. No, exactly. I, but Eddie Murphy's got about ten um, doubles. Like he ba- he's barely on set for anything. Mm. Apparently, uh, apparently, Incredible. who's that? Sorry, Eddie Murphy. Oh, really? <laughs> like if, if, um... if you ever see the back or the side of his face, he's got these blokes who can really pass for him, like incredible, uh, incredible lookalikes. That's crazy, isn't it? What a level of fame mm. that is. But Man, apparently, appa- apparently, I was just reading up on, on the island of Dr. Moreau. Apparently, sadly, halfway through the shoot, um, Marlon Brando's daughter committed suicide. And so they ha- so he, he couldn't continue filming his scenes. So he had to fly back to where he was living and they had to completely re, um, reshape the movie. But, but the thing is, and obviously that is really, really desperately sad and, and, and really, really upsetting. But, you know, in Apocalypse Now, when Marlon Brando plays um, Colonel Kurtz, they get the mad colonel who's gone up the river, up the Mekong, and, and gone off piste, to say the least. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen interviews with um, Francis Ford Coppola where he says, like, or, or someone, maybe not even him, but someone associated with the movie, saying that, like, you know, Marlon Brando was told, and he knew full well that he was playing an army colonel in the middle of a war, 
And when he turned up, he was about four hundred pounds. Like they could they couldn't film him. They had to film him in the dark from the neck up. <laughs> so if you watch the movie, his body isn't in the movie because he's too fat. Yeah, I like it. I've got a lot of time for that. Power. <laughs> yeah, but he's still brilliant. In it. He's still a brilliant movie. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's about enough for, I like it. for, 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 for a bank holiday, isn't it? I think it is. Let's get over here. We'll be back on Thursday as usual. No rest for us, wicked guys. Um, yeah, we'll be back very soon and we'll, um, and we'll be reading our emails out if that's all right with you. Hello at lukeandpeachshow.com uh, and you can follow us on Twitter. How can they find us on Twitter? At Luke and Pete Show. Do you, Pete, do you reckon it would be a bit of an odd play from a listener? You know, you start, we'll read your emails out if that's all right with you. If they've sent them in, it's all right to read them out, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm fairly not certain. Want us to read it. <laughs> Uh, well, they frequently don't want us to read their names, I know that much, and I, and I rarely do. don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll see you next time. Have a great week, and we'll speak to you again on Bye-bye. Thursday. Production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.